Joe, what did the egg say to the boiling water? What? I just got laid. It might take me a while to get hard. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not be I'm not becoming a Jesus freak, but I, I do love Jesus. I, 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 I love Jesus. I'll put it out there. On his birthday, I get presents. And on the day he died, I get chocolate. So, you know, I'm really, really starting to come around on this whole Jesus thing. Hello, everybody. This is Jacques. Joe. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. Joe, how was your Easter? It didn't happen because we're recording before Easter. Wait, Joe, oh, whoops. fourth wall. Now we have to have Steve come back out, build another wall for us. <laughs> That's Oops. Steve, is that Steve Cole, you know, construction? <laughs> oh, yeah, the Cole and home improvement. Uh, anyways, my my Easter was not eventful. Um, although I did go to three churches for some reason. I just felt like, you know, <laughs> those places are hurting now in this time of crisis, and they need that extra boost in the arm. You know what I mean? And I had money just laying around, <laughs> like physical money that I wanted to physically put into a physical pan. That's the only way to do it, right? I wonder if like, they... Do you think, like, the churches, when they're opening up for Easter, do you think they have, like, you know, God is going to protect us from the virus. Please put your money in the jar. And then when they go back, they have, like, hazmat suits handling all of the money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it goes through, like, a big, like, you know, uh, conveyor belt apparatus that has, like, Clorox Wait, that's wipes. That's a mannequin with a tape recorder. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like a hologram, you know. Um yeah, I'm my Easter didn't it didn't happen. Uh, you know, although I I um I probably should have not hidden real eggs, uncooked raw eggs. I for, I knew something was wrong and I should go check on those. You, how is your Easter? You're still eating your Easter candy, I I can hear, because you no, know, no, you know, we only have 24 hours in a day. And you know, I think the best time they say the best time to eat is when everyone else can hear you and when it's amplified with the microphone that my friend is the is good eating i am a real dick and he's still chewing he's still chewing <laughs> so um easter's great uh we <laughs> we're doing um we paint the boys you know, and, and management painted eggs, and she was all ex she's she gets excited about that kind of stuff. And no, I'm just you know it's a hard pass for me. <laughs> it's love. No, she she did say, and I don't remember this, um, but I guess it came up on her memories on book face. Um, the little guy, the the oldest one, is like two or three, and we're coloring eggs. And it was one of those things you write on the eggs with a marker, uh, like a special marker, and then you dip it in the coloring. Yep. And it's a, and I guess I wrote, uh, I heart boobs on a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't draw fake nipples on the top. Like that would have been. See, and she uh, was like, oh my God, it was hilarious. Cause he's too young. He you know, couldn't read by it at that point. He was only seven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> seven jail. He's illiterate. Uh, but, but yeah, so now I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Um, you know, it, it is it is tragic, you know, what the first responders and, and the death toll and all that stuff, you know, um, the economy crashing and people losing their life savings. That's awful. On the other hand, 
Thanos was right. And uh, it might make me a bad person to say that I'm loving the quarantine, that I'm really okay. (laughs) I'm loving it. Uh, My niece, uh, it was her birthday the other day. So my sister organized like a birthday parade to literally just drive by her apartment and beep the horns and wave. And, you know, some of the kids made signs. It was like seven or eight of us. It would have been a it would have been a a hard no for me, um, because she lives in Brighton, and for me, you know, for me, it's it would have been an hour and fifteen minute drive, an hour and a half drive, depending. And it was like four thirty on Thursday, and it rained. You know what? Like one twenty eight and Route three. At four thirty, five o'clock on a rainy, you know, evening would have been. Uh-huh. We got right there and back in the whole way. I'm thinking, as I said just before the podcast, uh, I'm not driving that much, and when I am, gas is almost free at this point. And the fact that nobody was on the road, I, it's like I imagine, you know, for the F and Biff and John and Tommy and stuff. That the 405 and the 101 right now, it, it must be fun to just get out and drive because there's only like, you know, a billion people on the road instead of two billion people. <laughs> but I am I'm lo- I'm loving the quarantine. I also mentioning my my beloved niece. I'm going to give a special shout out and thank you to you, Joe, because there's nobody who loves talking podcast technology more than you, um, and. I, I did after I after I had you know hooked up the, you know you helping her out and talking to her about it. I'm like, oh, I really probably should have asked first. You nah, know? that was your I way know, of asking. I should have. That was your but, way of asking. But, but but I do. I I you know she was very very appreciative of your knowledge. And when she reached out to me, I'm like, hey, I'm just I'm just the eye candy. <laughs> like I don't do any of the, the moving the levers and you know making the magic happen. That's all. That's all, Joe. Yeah, so. I was happy to help, and it was um you know nice to uh, talk to her, kinda, sorta, but yeah. and also feel helpful. You know, like that's how I help during the quarantine. I am the uh, as you put it, the Asian kid that people cheat off of. Uh, <sighs> I only, the Asian kid who writes big. Writes <laughs> big. There you go. I, I see. I don't. I'm not good at the racist jokes. Not like you. You're real good. <laughs> Is it racist if you're just pointing out fact, like the Portuguese, for instance? Yeah, like well, you know, like the virus did come from China. China. So why not call it the Chinese virus? Right. No. One hundred percent behind that. You know. Uh, although we're now number one. Sure. 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 China has what? Five times the number of people that we do, and the virus generated from their wet market there. But we are now number one, Joe. So take that, China. Yeah, take and, um, take our money when we buy more stuff from you. <laughs> right. Um, but no. Also, you know, uh, I I had, um, but that was good. But yeah, it's awful to say, but I am. I'm enjoying that. What little time I have to be in the car. That there's nobody out there and the gas is under two bucks. I'm like, all right, well, let's find the silver lining. Sure. Yep. You know, we got You got to stay positive in this in this uh, rough time that we're living in. But I'm glad that you're finding you're finding the silver lining. Um, so, go on. So thinking about, uh, yeah. You know, now that you talk to my niece, 
she more is apt to listen. So no, she's as not. I'm doing the rundown, I'm thinking, oh, maybe I should be a little less racist and tell a little less boob jokes. You know, if my niece is going to be listening, which I don't recommend. I don't think the the 23 year old recent college grad demographic is, you know, really us. That's not a target demo. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? You know, um, but she might just be listening just to be nice. Oh, Joe was so helpful. And my uncle's, you know, not the worst person I know. So Let's I'll give this listen. a listen. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she should start with the Adam West sideshow. And, you know, oh, wait, that's way far back. That was our first sideshow. I think you said the C word three times for some reason. So <laughs> maybe that's not a good example. You know, it is. It It is, you know, and I, I it's, you know. I'm not going to workshop the joke here, but I was trying to think of that the other day. I was thinking some of the words that we can't say anymore that you still want to say. I don't know if I want to say them. It's just like aerodynamic. 40 years saying them. It's hard not to. You can't say aerodynamic. I cannot say aerodynamic. <laughs> I oh, yeah. Hey, look at you. Aerodynamic. But when I say aerodynamically shaped ah. all at once, you know, but that joke landed both, both Steve and, 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 you know, Jim yeah. liked that. So did Frank Walenda. Shut <laughs> up. I don't know Frank Walenda. Oh, he's the, the the high wire guy that died from a high wire act. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Nick Walenda's uh, dad. Anyway, sorry, granddad. So, so I was thinking, you know, so, so, uh, so then I, I wrote down all the things. It was like, oh, wait, why is, why is Sophie's name here again? Uh, so. We were talking before podcast about talking about volunteering and not being the, hello, look at me. But I will tell a couple of stories for volunteering in the last week. Uh, last week, the wife, the night before the food drops, went in and was part of the team, like sorting out all the food, you know, that was going to be delivered the next day. Dude, the downside to volunteering is, um, both she and I were woefully unprepared of um, having to make tough choices. Like, you know, we just wanted to show up and help and not have to do any thinking or have any emotion behind it. And they have a list of the houses or the, the families that, you know, are going to be getting the food, um, that, that are food challenged and don't have cars and stuff like that. So, so that's why it, this program has started. And for example, there's like she has to box up for like 10 families and only eight of the family or there's only eight like half gallon things of milk. Mm -hmm. And you have to decide, oh, who's not going to get milk this week? You know what I mean? Right. And it's like and she's like, I'm really sad. Like, And then there was one family that, you know, has a baby. It's like and and there was just no diapers that baby size or baby food for that age range you know had been donated that week and it's like so it's like how do how do you how do you not go and get it you yeah know I mean? which we had and then so and then i did some of the drops this this past week and and our little guy was with us and it was it was it was good that he went and he was helpful um you know, mapping it out and, and, you know, but we were delivering in the neighborhood of the place where he went, used to go to school. And at one point it just hit me. It's like, it would be really awkward, <laughs> you know, if we're dropping off. It's like, oh, this is Kevin's house. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> but there was, there was one house 
we dropped off and, you know, I call the person. There's no doorbell. It's like, hey, because we're not making any contact. It's like, but I don't want to leave the food outside the, th- the triple decker. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, we're here if you want to come down and get it. Or so this mom, dude, I, I'm awful with age. You know what I mean? I, I have trouble telling between like 14 and 40, you know, which is why I, That's- you know, yeah, got the, into like guilt point, you know, it's just, you know, just, to, <laughs> you know, just to sidestep all of that. And, um, but I am, and, and I'm going to say she's 20, 21, 22, you know, <laughs> my niece is eight. A, a baby in her arms. It's under a year and one holding her hand. That's not two or three, you know what I mean? And I'm like, Oh man. And she is just like, I can't say thank you enough. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, I'm just dropping off. You know, do you need me to help carry it up? And she's like, no. And then I get the like the text like later. It's like, you know, you're a lifesaver. And I'm like, I just delivered it. Like there's, there's some heroes, you know, the people at like the LA church, they're, they're doing all these great things, you know, contact them next week, you know, make sure you're on the list type thing, but I don't want any of the, but it's like, and then I get one of the places I get in the car and this person was on the second floor and my little guy's like, did you see the people in the window? I'm like, what people? And I turned back and on the first floor, there was like two little kids like poking out that just had the, these. And I'm like, are, 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 are they okay? <laughs> do, do, do I, should I do? And that's the thing. It's like, I don't know how people know about these because we had trouble finding places that we could volunteer with. You know, and then now that we're in, we're in and we know the different places, but where we're not affiliated with a church or like a, a Girl Scout or, or any of the clubs or events that the boys are attached to aren't doing anything, you know, sort of speak. Mm-hmm. So we, we did. We, we had to do some outreach to find places to outreach. And now that we got it, but I did as I'm getting in the car and I'm looking back at what he had witnessed from his point of view, it was like, oh, um, Maybe, maybe I can run back. And I did. And so what ended up happening is the next day, something happened where we ended up having like a couple extra bags of food in the car. Mm -hmm. And I text the people from the day before. I'm like, do you need more? Because I just happened, you know, and it's like a couple of people, you know, there was a couple language barriers. But, you know, the other place where the woman was like, so great. I'm like, I'm like. Hey, we just you know there was some extra. We're just dropping it off, and I don't want to. <clears throat> I don't want to make contact. I don't want to talk to anybody because I felt bad when they were like, "Oh, thank you." Because literally, I did the math. This is the least I could do. <laughs> like, like going there, picking up. Now, here's a story that you will love that my wife loves more than anything. Uh, the Elliott Church in Lowell is the place where this is based out of. This group isn't church based. But they have a big staging area. They have a big kitchen, a big dining room area. It's where we go on Thanksgiving and Christmas to to do that, you know, peel potatoes and stuff. So I get to the church and there's a couple other people by on the side of the church and they're like, oh, do you know where you go in? I was like, I don't. This is my first time here. My wife said to ring the bell. I go around front and I don't have a problem dealing with homeless people, but it's covert. I want to keep my space. And there are maybe 20 people because it's raining, you know, and people go there for lunch every day, lunch and dinner. And I can't get to the doorbell. <laughs> like there's there were like three people deep, you know, it's like 20 people under the overhang. And I'm like, hey, buddy, can you ring the bell? And the woman comes to the door and then she points to the side and she comes around, opens the side door. 
I'm holding the doors to three or four other people who are going to be driving, get out of their car and come on in. I go in and they're not quite have everything sorted by the neighborhoods yet. So they're starting to do that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to let my little, give my little guy the phone because I'm going to be in there like 10 minutes. Everybody's being smart and socially distant. Just a person. So I go out to the car. I give him my phone to keep him entertained. I come back and I have to knock on the side door and a different lady comes to open the door. Oh, no. And she says, oh, we're not doing lunch right now. We're going to start lunch in about a half hour. <laughs> I was one of the homeless guys. And look, I understand how I present. I understand that I haven't, you know, I usually have the, my beard is usually unkept and untrimmed anyways, but, and, and the hair, and I'm wearing a sweatshirt. And I had gone back and forth like two, three times to the car in the rain. <laughs> and I I understand how I present. Um, but my wife loved the fact that – and then one of the other guys who I'd held the door for was like, no, no, no. he He's one of the drivers. He was – you know, he held the door for all of us. He just went to his car and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, don't be. Don't, don't be. And I remember when management and I lived on Venice Beach, like right on Venice Beach, and every night we were, you know, walk our dog Loki – you can't go 10 steps on Venice Beach without somebody asking you for change. It is the capital of the world, and I'm not kidding. And once I started to grow out the beard and the hair started to come back, it's unbelievable. People just thought I was in the union. It just stopped <laughs> asking. So, so it is. I mean, I got I have the sweatpants on, a gray sweatshirt, you know. It's raining, and I completely understood being mistaken for the people up front wanting to. Uh, she and then she felt so bad, which made me feel bad. So basically, I just I just feel bad all the time, Joe. Now you know how I feel. <laughs> um, what did make me feel good over the past couple of weeks, and I think you were the beneficiary of a couple of these things. I. Got to the point where I went through and started unboxing stuff that hasn't been unboxed since the move from L.A. to Qatar. When we went – when we left L.A. in late 2013 or 2014, we we boxed – you know, sent all these boxes home, you know, to be put in storage. And then when we bought the house, you know, everything had come out of storage and stuff like that. I only have like – Two boxes of comics and two boxes of stuff. And some of that stuff is, you know, all the masters from like, you know, projects I've done and, and, you know, beyond it. But I found a bunch of pictures that <laughs> most people would be like, I should burn these and never, ever put them out there. I, on the other hand, is, oh my God, these are awful. Some I'm making sure that everybody knows in the late 80s, I was allergic to wearing shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because our, you know, uh, our, our longtime, uh, our longtime friend and, uh, and, Character, a character inspiration, you know, Dr. Ross Salowich. I think Ross, I think Ross like tops the scale at about like, you know, you know, comes in about five. You know, he's not, he, he's, uh, he's not as tall as me and I'm five, seven, five, eight. Uh -huh. And there's a picture of me standing next to his brother 
at the Lincoln Monument, like, but the camera's, you know, facing towards the Washington Monument. Dude, I should hang out with his brother more because I look like a giant. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and the wife hasn't posted on Facebook and, and she said she was going to. I think I sent it to you, but I definitely sent it to the F&H guys. I, I know that they used to jokingly have, uh, like, kind of, you know, mullet um, awards, like like Barry Melrose from NHL Tonight used to have. <laughs> Dude, hands down. I mean, we're talking, we're talking Hall of Fame level mullet. No shirt. I don't ever, ever remember wearing a medallion necklace, but... There it is. Wow. <laughs> there it, dude, wow is the only thing you can say. Uh, but I did. I found a lot of these pictures, like some band stuff. And and in so many of the band things, it's like, wh- why am I why am I not wearing clothes? <laughs> like, why why are we playing at Bun Ratties in Brighton? And I'm standing in front of the drums with no shirt on flexing. <laughs> like I you know, and by flexing. Keep in mind, you know, at the height of my like, you know, you know, when hockey was was my life and there was the confluence of like hockey and band, like the end of the hockey and start of the band. um, I was in great shape. I mean, literally, I was in great shape, but I'm 150 pounds. It's like, you know, it's like what I'm literally 110 pounds less than I am now. But, you know, but for that, why? Why didn't? And the funny thing is. It's true. I remember I remember in high school, like my high school girlfriend hated like if we went somewhere to a beach, she would make me wear a shirt because I'm 145, 150 pounds. I had cannons for legs, like absolute cannons for legs. My thighs were, you know, literally my thighs were bigger than my torso. Both of them. But then I was a stick figure from the waist up. <laughs> and she's like, you just she she never wanted to really hurt my feelings. Like she's not like my my current management, you know. So you know, she she she'd be like, Yeah, you know, it's just because your legs are bigger it's like, yeah, but I was like, I see all these pictures I'm going through, I'm like, no one loved me enough to say no. No, you're not gonna have your hair like that. No, you're gonna put a shirt on. And how how am I dealing with the thirty years later? Making sure my friends who didn't know me back then know what a loser I always been. You just want attention. You didn't. You weren't going to listen to them, even if they told you to put a shirt on. You would put a shirt on of a naked you. Like that's how much you wanted. <laughs> that's how much you wanted to show off that physique. You want you want eyes on you. All eyes on you. Look at the Jacques show. Hey, it's the Jacques show. I would 100% put a shirt on. I'm wearing clothes. <laughs> right. So that that's why cuz you're an you're an egomaniac. That there, I mean, um, I've just diagnosed you. Is it egomaniac or is it like, "Oh my god, that's so off-putting." Like like is it is it the egomaniac or the need to is it a, a I think there's a percentage of yes, your diagnosis being correct, but also this is really going to bother people. Yeah, <laughs> and there's, well, that's you know. it. Well, it's like when uh, punk or <laughs> punk rockers were wearing mohawks and you know uh, bones through their nose or whatever in the early '80s because they wanted to f- screw people up and mess with their heads. And you know what? You carried that spirit on into the early '90s. Well, God, uh, late '80s, late early '80s. 90s. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but <laughs> and now I'm mistaken for homeless. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, is this a? It's, you know, I meant to mention this earlier. Um, 
the, one of the silver linings of this pandemic for germaphobes is it is a possibility that handshaking might become a thing of the past for some. Yeah, for some, I think we'll we'll event like everything else. We'll just kind of mosey on back in. Well, we we crave physical contact and social norms. Um, so some I think do. yeah, some yeah. I mean, I mean the, the the people who wear shirts, yes, for us, <laughs> us normies. But for you know, from for others, you know, the handshake may be a thing of the past. I mean, people are saying we should bow or do the air five or finger guns or I, I don't know. Just take your pick, but. Um, <laughs> You know, yeah, it, I, I think it, this will bring more of an awareness to how we touch each other and how we th- greet each other. You know, maybe just uh, just kind of a wave like, hey, how's it going? Hi. You know, but but the germaphobes who are always put in the social awkwardness of like, hey, it's rude not to shake somebody's hand and, and they have to deal with that. Now, I think the world might be a little more understanding, you know, going forward. Maybe that, that might be the, uh, the lesson we've all learned. We were, you know, in, 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 the germaphobes were the friends we made along the way. Is that, are the real right. germaphobes or the friends? I don't know what I'm talking about. So, so let's, let's see how much you, you really know your pal, you know, Jacques here, Joe. Who is my favorite stooge in the Three Stooges? Shemp. Right. It, now it might be Curly. Why is Only that? because, uh, literally... Turns out that that guy was 70 years ahead, 80 years ahead on dog rescuing. He was a huge dog rescuer, like what taking strays on the road in their travel, pick up strays and foster them and find homes for them later. Like not just give them away, like, but good homes. I mean, like the nuttiness of like some. You know how you know how like the dog foster adoption won't work. I mean, those people are a little zealous. It's like, anyways. But he he has rehomed the estimate up to like five thousand dogs in his very short life. He he didn't make it to fifty. He passed away at forty eight. Like you know, Shemp's he was Mo and Shemp's actual brother. Um, but yeah, but it's like I, I was reading that this weekend because my dog rescuing wife found that out and sent me a couple articles about it because, you know, that's making the rounds. And I'm like, OK, I don't want to talk about this unless it was real. It's like, yeah, turns out he was. And, you know, I should post the picture that she sent me. He he also not only was a res- dog rescuer like us, didn't like shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a big shirt guy on camera. Lots, lots of shirtless dog photos but yeah so um it's great you know I'm, here i think i know so much about the stooges and the stoogers you know the stooges iggy pop you know favorite band mm-hmm. um and, and now curly so i don't know i, I you know shemp shemp's my guy I'm, I'm gonna always willing to die on that hill but uh <laughs> but, but you curly, can separate the art from the artist you know um i have nothing I to say i, I can't Okay. Well, you do have something to say because now, now we're stepping into Joe Country, Wheel of Misfortune. <laughs> How so? Well, the the Wheel of Fortune article that I sent that you're like, oh, it's no big deal. Yeah, I know that you sent it to me. I'm pretending that I don't know what you're talking about to, <laughs> because the audience doesn't know what we're talking. Well, about. I, I I gave you the perfect lead in of Wheel of Misfortune, and I don't want to take the lead in. I want you to set it up, and then I want to comment on it. So, uh, <laughs> controversy rocked the game show world this week. Dateline, you know. <laughs> Dateline hey. Burbank. Or Culver uh, City. Yes, there's a hard, fast rule. I think 
had Moses not dropped the third template with the other five, I give you the Lord's 15. Smash. 10. 10 commandments. History of the world part one. Um, I think, I think, uh, I think. 14 was thou shall not appear on wheel of fortune twice as a contestant <laughs> yeah so jacques sent me this news quote-unquote story wheel of controversy uh apparently there was a wheel of fortune contestant who when they made it to the final round now they have the option or they give the contestants the option of choosing one of three categories and he chose phrase but they accidentally in the bonus round gave him the puzzle for what are you doing and he got it wrong and he didn't win the puzzle. So out of fairness, but it, and it also went to air. So then they looked back and they go, oh, we messed up. So we're going to bring him back. And they did. And I guess he did well on the second turnaround. I didn't really read all the way through the article because I was I, like, this he, is top, he topped your big winnings. Wasn't it like oh wasn't it like ninety thousand dollars? Yeah, close to a hundred grand. Yeah, good for him. But that's you know it's not a controversy. That's a Yahoo writer trying to make something out of nothing. Clickbait. Yeah, <laughs> like, know, there's yeah. nothing going on. Exactly. Like right. Oh, there's nothing else to talk about. Um, I'm surprised that wasn't on ESPN. You know, <laughs> like there's just nothing else with this guy from Wheel of Fortune. He was on twice, and he's just going to you know he's blowing the doors off of the rules. It's like no, yeah. he just they they fucked up. I mean, you know, like the, when I was on Wheel of Fortune, we had to sit through five tapings before I got to my episode, and there were I think one or two puzzles where like they misheard the contestant and they showed the wrong letter, or there was some sort of mistake or something, and they throw out the puzzle and they start the round over, and then you know that just sort of happens, but it doesn't make it to air. So screw ups on game shows happen all the time. It's just this one happened to slip through all of the editing cracks and make it to air. And out of, you know, trying to avoid a lawsuit by the guy saying, hey. Right. And all, actually, they, I guess, keen eyed people who at home could determine, oh, that is actually a what are you doing puzzle. Or I don't know, maybe they, um, maybe it just blatantly said, what are you doing at the bonus round when he said, I want phrase before the bonus round started and they just didn't catch it. But um, yeah, it's not a, it's not a controversy. Um, I just you know killed five minutes of our podcast. Maybe edited it out. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, so what else is new in the world? Nothing's new in the world. It, you know we live. You know, speaking of ESPN, we talked before how politics is just sports now. You know, and people get behind a candidate like like they do a sports team. Yep, and and. What is not new is the blue-red divide, and I'm in a blue state. My, my two homes are both blue states, California and, and, and Massachusetts. Um, so I might be a little biased when I say all red states are fucking stupid, and they've always been stupid, and I'm pretty sure most of them are committed to being stupid forevermore. And I say that only because... There is a really big blue-red divide with, again, you've already mentioned it, like people going to church, you know, getting ready to go to church. And all the states that, you know, the last the last 14 states, you know, I think as last week's podcast, going into last week's recording, I think they were down to 10 or 12 states or 8 states that hadn't, like, gone into some kind of shelter-in-place type thing. 
all of them in red states. And there is, I, I want to say as of this recording, there are 24 states that have stay in place, shelter in place, whatever they're calling a quarantine type thing that have exemptions for religious get togethers and gatherings. And even in some states where they don't have it, there's, you know, big pushes. And, and again, like part of me, well, not part of me, me says, good, let them go to church and give this to each other and, you know, take out the Fox News voting block. But smarter people like you, like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but those people don't live in just that world, you know? They come into our world as well. So we don't want that. But it is. It's like you go down the list of the states that are, oh, the administration is handling this just fine. Oh, it's we're ready to open the economy. And it's not California that's saying that. It's not Massachusetts or New York. Uh, and again, this hasn't hit some states as hard as others yet, but it will. You know what I mean? And And it's – it's like this need to ignore science and facts and, you know, get things going. I mean, so, so you know, that isn't new. Uh, and you saw in Milwaukee this week, the vote or last week, the voting in Milwaukee, even the governor said, we should postpone this. We shouldn't do this, you know, and the state Supreme Court said, nope, you have to. And that state Supreme Court is a, you know. It's a five to four, you know, conservative to people who don't want everybody to die split. And you saw those lines. So they're forcing people, you know, oh, if you, if you want to exercise your right to vote, you might die for it. Um, and there's this big push to go to all male voting. And it's, as you heard, I think women should have the right to vote, too. Do, do you really? Are you, are you sure? I mean, <laughs> but. <laughs> See, see what see what he did is he took male the m a l e where I was saying male m a i l and you the look of hatred for me breaking down that no I love it I was actually uh, in my head betting on whether or not you'd get the spelling right <laughs> I was like is he gonna do it is he gonna do it oh he did it all right it. well you know but, broken clock so, look there's a push now because you know. You know, COVID-45 said it. It's like he was asked, you, you know, about voting by mail. He's like, no, people will do, you know, people will cheat. It's the dumbest. No, he didn't say the dumbest. He's like, it, it's a it's a very, very bad idea. And the reporter's like, didn't you just vote by mail like two months ago? And yeah, like, but that's because I, I, can. Have the, I can. I have the right to. But, uh, you know, the bad things happen. You know, we don't know how these things. Uh, yeah, he said the quiet part out loud. And he said, yeah, Republicans won't win. If you if everybody votes, the reason and and did he say it's that? tough. No, he did, dude. He said it. He said it from the podium at one of the pandemic like uh, press conferences. Yeah, you know, like like campaign rallies. You know, <laughs> campaign rallies are are they not? Are yeah. they more, are they more informative driven or are they more him just campaigning infomercials for Trump? And so he he said the quiet part out loud, and it's true. Look. In Massachusetts, they don't have these voter registry purges. And in California, they don't really push to have seven forms of ID and a note from Epstein's mother. Uh, 
Epstein from Welcome Back Carter, not to be confused with Jeffrey Epstein, who was murdered. <laughs> uh, you know, but literally, again, it's that red blue state divide because they, even in the blue states where they have some power, you know, if it's vote by mail and everybody gets to, there won't be a Republican dog catcher in 35 states. You know, I mean, there's still some states that are committed, like I said, you know, the same states that we had to go in in 18. 85 or 80, 65 and say hey or actually what was the civil war started in 1862 and say hey you can't own people anymore are the same states we had to go in in 1964 and say hey when 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 the new york mets come down to play the braves the black guys get to stay in the same hotel with with their teammates. You got that? Uh, and they're the same states we got to go in now and say, hey, you can't go to church, and, you know, and and all that, you know, stupidness. But uh, but the, at least at what least, a country, at least at least, you know, uh, Cadet Bonespurs is playing up the whole. I mean, it's funny because somebody posted, he tweeted yesterday or he tweeted on Friday, if had Elizabeth Warren dropped out before Super Tuesday, Bernie would have won every, like trying to, you know, ignite the Bernie bros. At the same time, like the same minute mark, Cuomo in New York had tweeted out, you know, our thoughts go out to the family of the X number of people who passed away today. You know, we're still support. We got, you know, I mean, like this, it's like, huh. One of these people is the president of the United ignite, States, you know, gaslight people. And the other one is that being compassionate. And and what's problem is, you know, now that Joe Biden is the presumptive candidate, is that the right term? How do you say presumptive it? nominee nominee? Thank you. Uh, you. But the Bernie bro thing has already, you know, started to take effect. People like Joe Rogan, who was a big Bernie guy saying, no, there's no way. And he. I hate to say it. I mean, he has a huge listenership. He you know? is like the president of the Bernie bros. And Alyssa Milano apparently is the president of the Biden bros, if you want to be, if there is such a thing. And man, I follow Alyssa Milano on Twitter and every fucking tweet she has, uh, she is commented upon. Everything is like, you know, 12,000 hearts and 6,000 comments, whether they be pro or against whatever she's saying. And, you know, it's people like Alyssa Milano who are vocal in their support. And also she she did a kind of a full court press, press against the Bernie uh, movement before Bernie decided to drop out, saying, like, you know, you're, you're really not helping by... I mean, we get that there's a progressive agenda that Bernie is pushing and it's good to incorporate that into the democratic party but at the same time facts is facts i mean you know we had primaries in a lot of these states that are not exactly the most progressive like south carolina and uh, and you know mississippi or whatever the fuck and they were overwhelmingly pro biden you know i mean the the cold hard facts is you know the same red states that we admonish for, you know, not being as woke as uh, as as everybody else on the coasts are, are the same red states that we're trying to turn blue. And right. it's hard to do that with a guy like Bernie Sanders because as maybe as right as Bernie's platforms are, it, the people aren't people are on the Democratic side. A lot of them, the majority of them, at least the ones who go out and fucking vote, 
are not on board. They're not like, nah, well, I don't I, know. I think th- I, you know, I I agree with everything you're saying, and you're right on. I will say, the biggest thing that you know Bernie has pushed forever his his biggest thing has always been Medicare for all, and and this pandemic is showing, yeah, he's right. You know, I mean, and I think a lot of people who were on the fence about, you know, oh, I don't want to lose my private insurance. I love giving him money. You know, are, are you know, so maybe his agenda, you know, it's you know, it's the same thing. It's like I I. I I mean, I was a burning guy. Um, he was my second choice behind Warren, um, but I'm a thousand percent behind Joe Biden now. And, and because you funny. have to be, you have to be. You, you mean, have. If you're not. You, you. 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 Here's your choices. You're either behind Joe Biden, or you're behind the guy who's there now. And and, there, and there's no there's no and, middle ground. And there's I, no middle ground. I, I in my head, and I know this is a harsh comparison, but I equate Democrats who are anti Joe Biden. Who are like, you know, the, the people on Twitter are like, you know, write Bernie in on the ballot or wherever the fuck during on Election Day. I equate them to those who are exerting their freedoms by not wearing a mask when they go outside. You know, right, yes. like I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm exercising my freedom not to. And this is what I believe. And, you know, uh, infection be damned. Uh, I don't care. I mean, it, it's honestly like, how do you not see that? This, that, okay. Well, we gave it a good shot, at least in some of the in the states that got the primaries. Um, that we see that Biden is, I guess, the person that most Democrats want to get behind, and we just have to hop on board and say, "Okay, we gave it a good run." You know, we we we, we tried, but apparently, we are not. You know, America's not ready for us yet. This is now all on Bernie to go full throttle. And he can push it. He can keep saying, look, I really, you know, I'm going to keep pushing Joe Biden to, you know, go to Medicare for all. And Elizabeth Warren can keep saying, you know, I'm going to push to, you know, get college debt forgiveness. But I want every one of my supporters to write Joe Biden and say, hey, I'm 100 percent behind you when you get in there. Please consider that. You know, absolutely. I mean, make your voice heard. And absolutely. But, and but I it's think Bernie. And, it's Bernie has to do this. Well, Bernie has to do that, but also Biden has to, you know, and he's extending all of branches. You can see that he's sort of making some sort of uh, concessions and pleas to the Bernie crowd to come to the Biden camp and to have confidence in him that he, yes, he is going to take all of these things in, that Bernie uh, Sanders has promoted in on his platform, take them into consideration if he were to become president and um, and that they're being heard because, you know, it's um, yeah, we, we, we can't we can't lose focus as Democrats and as people who are not a fan of this president who has way more blood on his American blood on his hands than um, I don't want to say any, that any U.S. president ever. Um, I mean, I mean, there's wartime presidents and stuff that have like soldiers that have died. So I don't want to belittle those numbers. But I mean, as far as like innocent okay, okay. civilian wanna, if, American if, civilians, like if you don't want to do that, the numbers of those who died in the Korean War and the Vietnam War, and um, I don't know if we ever, you know, named the war in Afghanistan for the past twenty years. It's not but, a war; it's a conflict. The, the, these these just like Korea, Korea was not a war; that was only a conflict. Um, Two year conflict, fifteen year TV show, Anyways. and a fine one. <laughs> anyway, you think the Korean conflict was a fine one? You fucking monster! Um, well, you know, it, no. it, it, it hurt a little bit. 
<laughs> but oh, but that's what you know. Maybe that's what he's doing, dinning the hurt. But there's more deaths because of this than those three conflicts slash wars. Vietnam was like what? That was a twenty year war too, almost from beginning to end. I don't know. I have a feeling that this this country is so fucking stupid that it's gonna it will have Stockholm syndrome when yeah. it comes to oh, election yeah, day. No, you're right. You're right. You know, it's like well, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm I I I don't like Biden because he's uh you know he's too close to the Clintons or whatever the fuck because his son got a job because of him. So I'm gonna vote for the other guy. Who's okay, yeah? Whose son? <laughs> what? Whose entire family tree is the cap? All right, let's move on to something that's going to infuriate me a lot less. Uh, to the sports section, where you can tell us all about Tampa Bay twelve being on Howard Stern the other day. So okay. I, I did listen to the Tom Brady interview on Howard Stern last Wednesday. It was two hours. And it was pretty, pretty good. Um, I wrote down some highlights. So first thing was uh, we learned that he's renting Derek, a uh, home from Derek Jeter down in Tampa Bay. And, you know, Howard's like, so wait, Derek's like your landlord? Like if a sink <laughs> breaks, does he come over with a wrench kind of thing? Um, and, you know, he's like, well, no, you know, obviously not. But it's like it is – Brady does like the – idea of not having to own a home it's like you know all of the perks with none of the responsibilities you just you know throwing money to a landlord and um you know having people come over to do things if necessary he likes the weather rent i I don't know dude (laughs) it's probably high so it's um he likes the weather down there obviously um he revealed a couple of things about uh his, his time with the patriots one he revealed that he knew that he was going to be leaving the Patriots before the the start of last season. Uh, he 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 kind of kind of kind of came to that conclusion. Um, he revealed uh, some personal stuff about his marriage to Giselle and saying, "Hey, um, so the the past couple of years when I was on the Patriots, the um, the home life was not exactly ideal. So much so that Giselle wrote a letter to him saying, like, look." Um, when you're working and you're on the field and you're doing things f- to support the family and, and, and you're pursuing your career goals, that's one thing. But I'm at home taking care of the kids, taking care of the house, and I have personal goals and dreams of my own. So when you're also in the off season doing, you know, your TB12 stuff and this and that, it's like it's it's a bit much. So you we 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 have to come to some sort of a a, a work life balance. And she took him to, sa- to task on that, and he's like, okay, that's fair. And to work on his marriage, so to speak, he skipped the last two OTAs with the Patriots because, you know— Because Yoko Ono wanted him to. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, you don't like just you like you don't like women. You don't like women. <laughs> no, no. Oh, look, I get it. I, I, I get it, but you know what made him him is that his commitment the year round. And I get it. I look after twenty years he did he doesn't have to show up at camp. So far the only thing it's the least surprising thing when he said, Oh, he knew before the season, because we said it in September. Before the season, we were like everybody in talk radio was like, Okay, he only signed a one year deal and wouldn't sign it unless they agreed not to to take out the possibility of franchising him. He withdrew for the big being the spokesperson for Big Buddies, a charity he was the you know head of for eighteen years, and he put his house on the market. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's okay. like, huh? 
Ray Charles could see he was leaving. <laughs> Ray Charles, I and, say. And he's black. So um <laughs> So the other thing that he talked about was that um, <laughs> Howard Stern and, and Tom Brady kind of crossed paths in a, and almost crossed paths in a couple of ways. Uh, one, uh, Tom Brady sort of met Howard Stern in 2002 at a function, and Howard kind of big-timed him, as Tom puts it, or um, because, um, you know, he, he – I, I don't know. He, he, he said hi to him and um, – Tom and I guess Howard didn't like reciprocate as well as he thought he should, but that's a small thing. But the other thing that he talked about was that Howard Stern was supposed to appear in a Super Bowl commercial with Tom Brady a couple of years ago. So I guess it was for like I'm gonna get this wrong, but I think it was for like a camera manufacturer. And the idea was that uh or some no, I think it was like some company wanted to incorporate like this sort of 360-degree technology for cameras or something. And the idea was that here's what Tom Brady looks like at every angle. And um, maybe I think it's like, and here's what the what he looks like with the other guy's camera, and it's Howard Stern. Oh, that's awesome. But, but Howard, Howard, Howard passed. Yeah. He's like, you know, as, mu- he, as much as he likes giving it out, he does not like being the brunt of the joke. He does not. No. That we could do. A whole sideshow one day about the number of times. It's only a few times, but they really stuck out where I remember somebody got Howard Stern and he and just lost it. Yes, he did not like to be lost pranked. It. Yeah, like there's legendary tapes of him not liking to be pranked but uh, or being made fun of. So, um, yeah, so that was another thing. Um, uh, Howard also talked about how, you know, growing up uh, as himself, he did not get into sports a because of just family life but and his physique or whatever but b jewish yep he's jew yeah um and b he um he had his you know a legendarily according to him small penis and he didn't want to like you know he was embarrassed to go to the locker room and kind of show it off and tom brady's like yeah I, uh, it it's actually in in our case the locker room naked kind of stuff isn't that big of a deal and Actually, the people with the larger endowments are made fun of more, and th- those guys tend to hide it more. I and mean, uh, Howard's like, "What about Gronk? He's like a six-six, you know, Adonis, and he's you know got nothing to hide. how. What's he like?" And Tom's like, "Yeah, you know, he uh, he does have quite the physique, and it's it's funny because like he would just come out in, in the, out of the shower, you know." reporters in the locker room and he'd just throw the towel over his shoulder and waltz <laughs> right through and uh you know everybody got a kick out of that but um you know there is other things and then they did they did talk about uh tom's friendship with donald trump pre-presidential run uh so much to the point well it, it, you know they had a cordial friendship i mean obviously like in the early 2000s trump he was an asshole and a, and a bigot and a, and a shithead but he wasn't president uh, he wasn't in a place of authority. He was just a, a douche. Uh, but he was also, you know, a guy who liked to hobnob and um, like to star fuck. And you know, uh, Tom, an up up and coming star himself, was like, okay, this guy's you know a powerful man, and he's a, he's he can be friendly to people that Tom uh, that Donald Trump likes or wants to be liked by, and you know, invite him to golf courses. And so they had like a little bit of a friendship. But then when 2016 came around. Trump asked 
uh, Tom Brady to speak at the Republican National Convention. And Tom was like, mm, I'm going to have to pass because, you know, it's one thing to support a friend. It's another thing to be put yourself out there politically. You know, well, he yeah, he did. He like early, 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 early on when there was 15 people still running for it. That's when he was sent one of the mega hats and it was in his locker. And there's Tom and all he all he says, like, yeah, it'd be pretty cool to have a friend who you know is president. Like he didn't say, I appreciate the racism coming from that man. And it's about time that he looks around the locker room. That you get in line and you know who I'm talking to, McCordy. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. He didn't do that. And maybe but... you, Julian. <laughs> 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 but it's, uh, yeah. So, and, and, and actually, Howard Stern was put in the exact same position. You know, Howard was friendly. There, so there were a lot of parallels, like professionally and uh, socially, that Trump and, I mean, that um, t- Howard and uh, Tom Brady shared. Um, you know, Tom admired Howard Stern's work ethic and, you know, he, he kind of, you know, really, really appreciated like how much he, um, he put himself into his career. And, um, he, he did say that his career highlight was the 28 to three comeback in the Super Bowl. And how could it not be? How could it not be? He's like, you know, he even said like, look, we can know when they were down, they were like, look, he was telling his guys, look, we can say, you know, fuck it. And just take the loss, or we can say this will be the most amazing comeback in history if we put our 100% into it. to three. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the rest is history. So, um, you know, there was, some, there was some letting of the hair down, but there was a lot of, a lot of, like, philosophy, you know, of Tom's being espoused during his interview. Like, Tom was very long-winded, or it can be. Like, there were stretches, like, you know, Howard is known for like tr- getting the most out of his interviewees, but also trying to steer them in a direction that he wants to go to. And in this interview, it was like, let Tom talk. And there were also technical difficulties too, because they tried to do zoom and then Tom Brady's, you know, Derek Jeter's shitty Wi-Fi connection didn't uh, <laughs> hold up to snuff. And uh, was it, was it TB 12 all- you know, his sociology rants or anything? Not really. I mean, it was more about his philosophy towards just like living and, and, and working and, and, you know, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't to the naked eye. It wasn't like, Oh, he's espousing some sort of like ideology, but because I know about the TB12 cult ish mentality, I kind of caught some of that, but it wasn't that bad, but he let, you know, he, he, he was able to go on and on about how, he viewed his um, his work ethic, and um, and and then they also talked. You know, even Howard was trying to stoke some sort of like, um, not rivalry, but I guess some jealousy between Belichick and and Tom Brady. He's like, you know, did you ever look at Belichick and say like, man, you know, without without me, he'd be nothing. That kind of mentality. He's like, no. Tom's like no, and 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 Bill Belichick seems, feels the same way about me. It's like we both know that we would not be who we are without each other, and we no, told no, each other I, that. Even if they don't feel that, it's I'm glad that he said that. Yeah, no, so. I mean, well, he said like he's told each other. They they they've they've expressed that to to each other, and he also told uh, about how he broke the news to Robert Kraft 
and how he broke the news to Bill Belichick. Like he called Bob, you know, Robert Kraft, and you know, it was tearful. Like he's like, you know, Tom Brady's like, look, I'm an emotional guy. Like, uh, yeah, I I cried when I Who cried, Robert. Or- <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure it was both. I'm sure it was simultaneous orgasming there. Has Bill Belichick ever cried? Um, I would I would have to say not publicly. Not, um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say he might have cried, but um, yeah, then he called Belichick. Not, not tears of joy when you win a super bowl but <laughs> you know yeah i know but so it was a it was an inter- interesting interview and i think you can actually hear the interview on the website if you I, if I, you got I, two hours which you don't no, no. I, I, you, you did it for me thank you oh you oh you're welcome oh thank you oh thank you <laughs> yeah I, and I, I don't know yeah i so are uh, you getting a Tampa Bay 12 jersey is my question. I never had a Tom Brady jersey because I don't like wearing a shirt with another man's name on my back. Yeah. God yeah, that's right. You, you know, Shut getting up. branded by another man. <laughs> I don't just get a, like a, a Gronk dildo while I'm at it. Hey, I, Wait a second. Are you, are you disparaging my Brewski shirt that you know, no, no. I got when he came back from a stroke to lead them to the playoffs. No, that was a sh- I, I'm, I'm actually admonishing your Heron Hernandez shirt that you keep wearing. And I say, <laughs> look, come on, man. Let it let, Dude, you know, you it's, gotta, it's, part, it's part of the OJ collection. You're loving in the past, <laughs> man. You know, a killer line. Separate the art from the artist. Not so much here. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, you know, hey, yeah, he, uh, yeah, I know I should, you know, I'm not that big a fan of. Hernandez, he didn't win a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, it's like, but hey, on on uh, so that's it for sport. But he did hang in there. Oh, anything, anything else for sport? No, no. Then let's get right to it. Goldeneye, did you finish those last two levels? No, I kind of uh, gave up on it for now. I'm moving on up. What have you moved on to? Um, self-loathing. And um, <laughs> you've me- never moved on. I know meandering on the internet. Uh, you got a high score on all of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't really been playing a whole lot this week. I have to say, or if I have, it's been like shitty things here and there that I can't even recall. But uh, I can't wait for that Resident Evil recap, which I'm sure you know what. No, the thing is, it's like honestly, this whole. You know, it, it's funny because like we were talking about beforehand, I'm almost as busy, if not more busy. Now, you know, with the homeschool and the boys, the volunteer stuff, I don't want to play it until I have, I mean, a whole day or maybe even a weekend. I'm kind of almost waiting for, I'm thinking about now, it's like, you know, I think I pre-ordered in October or November and I just got it last week. It's not going to kill me to wait another week because I do, I want to be immersed and enjoy it. Like if management goes away for a work weekend or something like that, if I can have Two days in a row of ten hours, and I know, I know, there's people listening, you know, who are friends of ours, who are what do you call it, um, adults, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who have like real jobs and real, you know, lives, and they're like just the idea of taking two days in a row, ten hours a day to play a game. But I do, I really want to enjoy it. I've seen no spoilers. I, I know nothing about it. All I hear is. From the experts like Berrigan and our friend Sam, it's like, it's great. You got to play it. And I want to. I don't want to play it for an hour and then have to log off because one of the kids has a Zoom meeting I have to supervise or I have to do, you know, these damn hungry people that we have to drive around. Dude, you have you know, from like midnight till 8 a.m. I mean, hello. 
I do, you know, and I might, I literally might do that. But then, you know, that whole morning, oh, we're hungry. We can't use the stove because I'm nine bullshit. You know, these title little, you know, they are, they're, they're, they're white entitled spoil. You know, yes. Fuck. Everybody has excuses. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I have a bad back. <laughs> yeah. I'm only four. <laughs> Fucking that. And my day, but I have, I did finally. I did finally watch Birds of Prey or The Emancipation of One Harleen Quinzel. Um, okay. I mean, I have it now. It's on the Apple TV, which means you have it now. Um, it was fun. You know, I, 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 um, can't DC do a good goddamn movie that isn't Wonder Woman? They, they've done several good movies, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> But, it, it, you know, it, it is. It's like, you know, and, and I, I don't want to be the misogynist who says, oh, you can't have a girl movie without. You know, it's like I I love I love her. I mean, I think she's a great character, you know, but uh, a Harley Quinn movie with no Batman and with no Joker. And um, I mean, I did like the villain. It was an interesting choice of the villain because it's not. It, it's it, yeah, it's more of a mainstream. Do you know anything about? it? I don't even want to say who the villain was if you don't know. No. Uh so it was good. It, you know, it was fun. Do you know who else is in the movie? No. Do you know anything? Okay, I don't know who the, the birds of prey are. I, I I think Harley Quinn's a woman that dresses like a clown or something. So so the the, the birds of prey, um, and it's you know it's fun. I mean that that you know that's a Batman family tree thing forever they're all associated with batman in one way or another in the comics so it, it's fun um it you know it was a little campy like i like shazam i didn't think shazam was awful you know i think it was a little a little campy for me but that character it's a 10 year old boy who be you know and this they made him like 15 or 16 in the um the movie in, in the movie so it was fine you know i'm um I, I wouldn't have mind seeing it in the theater. You know, I wouldn't have been like, oh, I got cheated. You know, at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay that I paid 20 bucks to see it and they own it and can watch it again and other people can watch it on the Apple TV. So but, it's not ha- Halle Berry's Catwoman is what you're saying. It's not It's not Halle Berry's Catwoman, but it's also not the amazing, awesome Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, uh extended version that is a great movie and if you disagree with me it's okay you're entitled to your opinion but you're wrong and you're dumb and <laughs> no one will ever love you again <laughs> i don't care you can look at me all day long like that joseph but i did i saw that i also saw charlie's angels which um full throttle or the first okay one. or the, oh, thing, oh, no. oh, oh the reboot the reboot, the, reboot, the oh. one that just came out. Yeah, I forgot all about that. <laughs> Dude, Until just now. And there's a reason. <laughs> you know, I don't think it went straight to Redbox. And again, it was a fun thing. It, you know, it had um, Jean-Luc Picard is in it, you know. Um, Patrick Stewart. And, uh, and I'm, I'm forgetting the other woman who, you know, he, he retired. He was the Bosley who retired. And the new Bosley, the blonde woman, she... Oh, you know how horrible I am a name. She is she British? No, no, she's she's a blonde. She was on Thirty Rock. She was the one who married uh, Jane Kaczynski, or no, no. But but anyway, she ended up directing it again. Same thing, you know. I I 
I don't feel like I would have walked out of the theater demanding my money back, but I'm okay that I paid $2 from Redbox to see it. So, But I will tell you what I'm watching that I am really re-enjoying is my youngest guy who blew through The Office, who blew through Parks and Rec. His new show is Community, and we're watching that as a family, and it is great. It really is it really is great, and now that we know how it ended with Cherry Chase kind of being booted from the show for being inappropriate or racist, it's funny because his entire character from the pilot on, everything he says is inappropriate or racist. <laughs> it's like the second episode— It was the part he was born to play. It, right, dude, seriously. The second episode, you know, you know there's like— there's six people in the group. They're all sitting around this table and a person who you wouldn't expect to say something kind of racist kind of says something racist. And the person sitting next to her says, oh, my God, that's the most racist thing I've ever heard. And Joe McHale goes, Pierce will beat that in, a, in, in, in under a minute. And he, he sets his watch. The scene goes on. They're talking about something else. There's a black woman in her mid 40s in the group and Danny Glover's in the group and Danny Glover said something and the woman says something to him. And he's like, you're not, don't talk to me like that. You're not my mother. And here's Cherry Chase characters. Like she's not, <laughs> he's like, Oh, Donald Glover, Donald Glover. He goes 45 seconds. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, everything he says is inappropriate and racist. Um, and the Pratt Falls, and I, I haven't had the boys watch it yet, but I'm going to go to YouTube. And I was explaining, I'm like, 70% of this guy's career is Pratt Falls, <laughs> you know, and, you know, into this. So we're watching that. And my sister had resuggested or had suggested rewatching Psych. And I'm so glad we are. I really am so glad we are. Um, you know, getting back to me, you know, my niece that we talked about at the beginning, my two nieces, my sister's two daughters, it was their show. And it, when I lived in LA, we would talk almost on a weekly basis about the different episodes of that show. That was like our show together type thing. And so now, um, so, so no, I'm not playing Resident Evil three, but I have watched maybe seven or eight episodes of Psych and maybe six or seven episodes of community as of as a family we're watching this and it's fun you know that's fun uh, birds of prey we didn't watch as a family <laughs> uh what about you joe you know as as much as I'm a fan of comedy i thought i was i'm come to the conclusion i'm not i'm not i think i'm more of a fan of wasting time than anything else because during this pandemic you know uh luckily i'm getting to work from home all day, every day. But at the same time, I got a lot of downtime and I'm not really spending that in a cohesive manner. Like I'm not really taking advantage of like, wow, now I have the time, this time now to do this or to watch this show that I've missed out on. And you're talking about like great comedies like Psych, Community, you know, like the white people comedies that everybody that's white who is in the comedy. White people, you know, there's a black guy. There's two main people in Psych, and one of them is a black guy. I know, I know. Out of the four people or the six people on the community, two of the main leads. I kid because I And can. then there's an autistic uh, or on the spectrum uh, uh, Pakistani kid on it. I mean, it's funny because 
one of the jokes on early on, it's the Dean comes in and he sees him all and goes, oh, it's one of everything. It's like a TV show in here. I <laughs> 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 see that that's funny, you know, and I don't know. I, I'm, I think there's something broken with me. I think I'm more, I, I like living in the past a lot, like the distant past. But uh, the that's why you like my stand up. I know all the jokes are. I didn't say I like your stand up. Uh, no, no, you haven't. Yeah, and in fact, I've given you many notes on the contrary. So, uh, what I have been watching though is that Christopher Titus, against probably you know his rights or regulations or whatever, has been uploading an episode a day of his old show Titus to his YouTube channel, and that's a funny show, man. That was a funny show and it's well written and well done well acted well cast stacy keach you go back now that you're watching that i reference this and you will get the reference even more i mean it you've seen my parenting in action almost more than anybody stacy keach's role on titus yeah and red foreman from that 70s show yeah wussy and yeah way too much of a role in my writer. Am I, am I kidding when I say that? Right. Oh no. One of the best episodes that shows off Stacy Keach's dad character, Ken Titus or Papa Titus, as some people call him on the show is when they stage an intervention because he's not drinking because he stopped <laughs> drinking. They're worried about him. Like, you know, that he's all sullen and depressed and he's in a funk and he's not his old self. And, you know, so Christopher Titus is like, you know what? We have to, we have to do something. So they all urge him to start drinking again, and they bring a six pack of beer, and he, it's like Miller Lite or something. And he he actually does, you know, he gets called a wussy by Titus to drink the beer, and he drinks the beer, and he goes, um, you know, this is um, this is this is this feels real good. I feel the fog rolling in um, so much so that um, I don't feel uncomfortable saying. Uh, or uh, this is funny. It's not as funny as um, when um, you know uh, you're you lost or you spent six thousand dollars out of the company's money to you know su- to soup up a car and like he starts like airing out everybody's dirty laundry to everybody else oh. and so like he just turns on the intervention and you know at the very end of the episode you know everybody's like yelling at each other and telling each other to shut up and then. Papa Titus is at the door and he goes, oh, by the way, next time you want to stage an intervention, don't forget to invite me. (laughs) 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 Wussies. And he walks out the door and it's just, it's so, it's like, it it was year 2000. It was right at that age of like, you know, it's politically incorrect, but not so much so that it's super offensive. It's like it rode the fine line. And it also, you know, shone a light on like mental illness and just dysfunctionality. Like there's another episode where his mother, who's literally insane, comes back and she's like Donna Reed, cooks everybody dinner. Didn't she break out of jail? Uh, I maybe, but she was in, she was in a, like a, 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 like a facility. She was on medication. And she, she in real life, she killed one of her husbands, shot one of her husbands, and his real father had said, "Oh, I guess I really dodged a bullet." With her. <laughs> and, and it's like, yes, this is exactly why he wound up the way he did Titus. Yeah, but I mean, it's just a, it's a really good show, and if anybody hasn't seen Titus, please check it out it's on his youtube channel titus nation i think it's called but just look it up and it's up to like episode 12 or 13 by now it's just it's good unclean fun 
and, and seriously, the Stacey Keach character and Red Foreman from that 70s show, it's, and I'm not saying this in a glowing way or, oh, it's a good thing. Unfortunately, because of how much TV I've always watched and have been part of my life, that's where I've got my mentoring from. Like, the only reason my kids are semi okay is people like, you know, Biff and, and, and Taylor have been real mentors, but it's a, it's, it's a, you know, it's like, they're like Taylor and Biff are on one shoulder and Stacy Keach is on the other shoulder every time one of my kids does something or is about to, you know. You know, I hear the voice of, Hey, you should probably not let him do that. And then the other voice is like, Well, no, he's gonna get hurt doing this, and then the dumbass won't do it another time, you know. It's like And I look up Stacey Keach, I'm like, Wow, where's he been? And uh turns out he's on a hit and uh CBS sitcom called Man with a Plan with uh what's his name? Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. And he's like the father on that show, but I don't know if he's the same kind of, you know. No, he, he has one. Dude, right. I haven't seen the show. Probably. I can, yeah, you can tell. I would put money if you could bet somewhere on that. I definitely would. Uh, so now that we've talked about parenting, do you got a parenting tip, Joe? Do you got a Stacy Keats type, <laughs> type parenting tip to bestow on us? Um, I would say if you're going to teach your kids. Uh, anything it's how to pronounce the word bestow and it's <laughs> no one likes you and the few of us that do listen i'm going to come over there with an aerodynamically designed there you go kicking. oh so close <laughs> so close i like it you right, know right there right there yeah you know you just you know you nor awarded it what was his name the guy who missed the shank the field goal in the uh oh oh yes scott norwood like you know white right yes laces out laces um so your parenting tip is uh, to fuck with you. What's okay, <laughs> no? I don't have a parenting tip. I'm a terrible uh, person. I what, do. But you, yes, please. And this is a serious one. Thank you. Get out a notebook. If you're the kind of parent that can't let your kid win at a game, like you don't have it in you to, hey, I'll make it close, but he's gonna feel good, and I'm gonna let him win. If you, if you. Don't have that ability to not let your kid win. Play a game that you suck at. During this pandemic, we've been going to the track near us, and they also have a tennis court and basketball court. Uh, my my 12-year-old is really shitty at basketball. I mean, he is not good. Luckily, I'm worse. <laughs> <laughs> And I think he's really enjoyed the fact that I can't get out there and really coach him or or beat him in a game of horse. I've never been good at basketball. I I, I was on a team in college called the Baby Back Ribs, you know, the intramural thing. I fouled out of every game within the first 10 minutes because fuck that. Between playing football and hockey your whole life, if somebody's running at you, you fucking square up and, and drop them like, you know, high school math. This whole having to back down because somebody's, you know, moving their feet. Fuck that. Um, you know, so I've never good at basketball. Now that I cannot raise my arms above my shoulders, you know, and, you know, I can't even block a shot of this 12-year-old <laughs> little fuck. So – my parenting tip is if you are that wired that you can't let your kid win at a game, maybe find a game that you really suck at worse than them and have that be your activity. Well, That's the, my parenting tip. The, then the world is my oyster. <laughs> the sports world is wide open to me teaching my kids how to be terrible at 
Well, that's a fine tip. Fine tip indeed. Uh, you know, before I forget, Joe, and before I forget to remember to forget to tell you, uh, we teased it last week. And like most things in my life, it turned out to be nothing but a big tease. Uh, we didn't do an Arthur Sideshow, but this Thursday, you know, before everybody loses electricity and the zombie apocalypse is upon us, we finally will have our 1981 Dudley Moore Liza Minnelli Sideshow of Arthur. Can't wait. And um, yeah, I... I, I, you know, I miss our side shows. We always talk about side shows, and like everything else in my life, I flake out and decide. No, I, well, I do them, but this we're not recording. Y- yeah, right. No one's here to hear them, and you know, the cat looks at me like, "Oh, fuck, another one of these." <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So look forward to this Thursday, um, where we'll be giving, I'm sure, a two-hour dissertation on a an hour and a half movie. <laughs> Um, that'll be much more enjoyable to just watch. Why don't we just say, why don't we just do that? Why don't we just say, hey, watch Arthur. And uh, it's on HBO now for free. But isn't it more enjoyable to have my outdated, wrong information takes of something that is easily fact-checked within moments? (laughs) I mean, seriously, doesn't my misremembering and mispronouncing of things like... Yeah, how do you mispronounce Arthur? Pretty, oh, dude, it's me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's me. You know, how, how do I not mispronounce? <laughs> but, uh, but, but seriously, it's like listen to the sideshow first and then go and watch it free. You know, that's on uh, HBO. Now. Can't so, wait. And, uh, and we won't go out with a song like, you know, uh, uh, Joe, like last week we went out with a song that got us uh, pulled off of the YouTube. Yeah, apparently Jacques didn't realize that uh, oh, YouTube I smart. I didn't, I didn't think anyone would listen. No. no. Oh, uh, here's a, a pro tip. Uh, people did not listen. It was a computer algorithm. Uh, it's, uh, you know, they have, um, you know. Did the computer ha- subscribe and write a review for our show? Or did they know? They, uh, YouTube has the ability to... Uh, electronically listen to copyright songs, and if there's a copyright claim against it, they they can block the video. So I, I actually edited last week's. I went yesterday and I edited out. You can actually edit the videos on YouTube nice. and trim out the ending. So I tried that, and I'll see if it, maybe it's up there. But who cares? Oh, so um, that is terrible news that a video of our of our podcast was blocked on YouTube because we went from <laughs> zero views. <laughs> To Do you think not even the, the ability didn't even have sympathy for us, right? Exactly. Right. There was no mercy rule for <laughs> for zero view. Like our channel has, I think, fifty or so videos because not all of our episodes were uploaded to YouTube. But let's just say, even for shits and giggles, a hundred ep- vi- uh, uh, episodes are up not on YouTube. Views. No, 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 <laughs> not not a hundred. Double. If I saw double digit results, I would probably. Um, shit my pants because that would be uh, uh, quite the surprise I, I think you just drop everybody go to youtube and download this podcast of it just so joe will shit his pants and uh i'll promise not to go shirtless <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i know so i guess we're going to go on on a song of uh somebody that we know yeah yeah it's dave uh from the rationales a guest on the show it's his birthday so big shout out to dave happy birthday and- dave and uh, when he was on, I don't know if you still have like the CD kicking around, but uh, 
And and you can't go wrong with a rationale song. No, and we won't go wrong. We'll only go right. Hard right. Like OAN network right. No, not that no, not that far right. I like how Jacques pulls away the microphone. That son of a bitch. He leaves me hanging out here. You know what? What if I do the same thing, huh? What if I do the same thing? Oh, look at me. I'm not being recorded now. Nobody can hear me. Well, I guess that's all. Guess that oh, I guess I'm back. Whatever. So thanks for listening, fellas. Jacques's gonna eat Cheetos while I play us out. I'm not playing us out. I'm rambling us out. Into a new song. No, an old song. What the fuck am I talking about? God damn this quarantine. It's driving me mental. Actually, I kind of like it. It's really, it gives me the warm and fuzzies to know that I can't leave the house. Except for when I want to eat. Uh, that's going to be scary. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get by. Don't worry about me, folks. Worry about yourself. Be safe out there. Wash your hands. Um, don't trust Whitey. And uh, see a doctor and get rid of it. And don't forget... Let's get it.